You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 22nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Apologies if the audio isn't totally pristine. I had some microphone equipment issues this week have ordered the replacement part and it should be here in a few days we'll chug along regardless so today on the college football daily we're talking to evan flood over at the wisconsin 24 7 sports site about what i'm calling and what everyone else is calling the uh, jack cone bowl saturday wisconsin versus notre dame at soldier field jack cone the former wisconsin quarterback went 12 and 6 as a starter for the badgers is now notre dame starting quarterback Set out the 2020 season with Wisconsin, transferred to the Fighting Irish after the season ended, is 3-0, has looked really good, has surprised everybody with how good he's looked. In fact, his stats, he's 23rd nationally with 276 yards per game. He's already thrown eight touchdowns. He threw 18 touchdowns in the entirety of the 2019 season in which he led Wisconsin to a Rose Bowl. Jack went 12-6 and as a Badgers starter, but he saw the writing out on the wall when Graham Mertz erupted onto the scene in 2020. Graham was on the team in 2019, uh, redshirted. And with Mertz being the highest-ranked quarterback to ever sign with Wisconsin, coaches had to play him. You can't not play Graham Mertz for one to two years. You're going to let him transfer instead? So they let Jack Cohn transfer instead. And now Jack Cohn looks like the better quarterback, although so long way to go. He's 22 years old. Graham Mertz is, is younger. And uh, Wisconsin's favored anyway. So we're going to talk to Evan Flood about all that. And one note worth, uh, this is funny. I didn't mention this with Evan, but Jack Cohn, before he signed with Wisconsin to, to play quarterback, had, had to turn down a Notre Dame lacrosse scholarship offer to do so. I tried to find footage of Jack playing lacrosse and asked a few of my buddies who are lax bros about, hey, is this any guy any good? I, you know, whatever. Looks pretty good. The film, it's hard to find lax film, though, from, from 2017. But I take it with Notre Dame offer. He was a good player. A few other things to note. Charlie Brewer has left the Utah football team. Baylor transfer uh, was a Ute starter to open the season. He was benched. Cameron Rising's a new guy. Some people are saying, all right, Charlie Brewer quit on the team. I get it. But at the same time, he's done it, right? He's got a ton of concussion issues. His family did not think he should be playing football at all in the 2020 season after a 2019 season in which he had to leave a few games and was pummeled against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Charlie played the 2020 season with Baylor, transferred to Utah, didn't want to give up the dream. Starts and, yeah, I mean, if you're not starting, why? And, and you've got a concussion history and the NFL is not in your future. I don't I don't understand why he should wait around uh, with the team and expose himself as a backup quarterback to have to enter a game one day and, and take another head injury. So brave move by him. I'm sure that wasn't hard because I think that the giving up football deliberations has been something he and his family have been grappling with for a few years. Clemson is starting true freshman running back Will Shipley at running back this week. And, and that news has spurred Lynn J. Dixon to transfer, Clint Brewster at 24-7 Sports gave Lin Jay a rating of 83. Quality player, low end of the 80s. Lin Jay was at once presumed to be the heir apparent to Travis Etienne, but Etienne's return for 2020, which no one saw coming, has relegated him to a perpetual bench role, and he was ready for that uh, to, to not be his situation. was also in the doghouse a few times. And then bigger Clemson news actually is Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle, 
who starts right next to Brian Brzee will miss the next eight weeks undergoing um, surgery in the upper body, uh, the arm area uh, to reattach a bicep or tricep tendon. So that's, it's not good. Clemson is a, a favorite 10 point favorite, 11 point favorite on the road at NC state this week, but that they're, they're not in the best of spots. And then Rutgers, did you listen to the Rutgers power hour on Tuesday's episode of the college football daily? Those guys jinxed it right after the episode published Rutgers had two cornerbacks, including one starter suspended for the Saturday's game against Michigan because of a paintball incident. So I didn't get into the details. I think they shot some paintballs at, at some people, and that's not cool. You can't do that. So that's not good. I, I, I suppose we jinxed the Scarlet Knights. Hopefully we're not jinxing Jack Cohn and Grammar. It's because I'm excited for that game this weekend. Let's get to Evan Flood. All right, Evan Flood joins us right now to talk about, I guess I'm calling it the Jack Cohn Bowl. Evan, did you ever think these two teams were supposed to play each other last year. You know, Jack Cohn transferred after the season. He missed all of 2020 with that foot injury. Graham Mertz was supposed to be the heir apparent. Did you ever think, though, when you were previewing this game in the offseason, the Soldier Field matchup, that there is a, a world in which Jack Cohn would be outplaying Graham Mertz? Because I, I, never, I never thought that would happen. Maybe that says more about Jack Cohn than it does about Graham Mertz. But I just, I, I'm pretty surprised at how the, the tables have turned here. Yeah, I think he opened a lot of people's eyes, especially in that Florida State game. Now, what we know now, that wasn't exactly as big of a win as as we thought in week one, now that the Seminoles are 0-3, but Cohn kind of had this label of being a, a game manager and you know, it, it felt like he had already taken Wisconsin as far as they were capable of going with him under center. And then you see him just light up Florida State in week one, throw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, kind of put Notre Dame on his back there in the second half. And, you know, people are going, well, wait a minute. Well, where was this guy at Wisconsin? And then meanwhile, Graham Mertz is coming off that awful performance against Penn State. You know, the passing game really struggled in that one. He was responsible for three turnovers. And meanwhile, we're still waiting for Mertz to to sort of pick up his first win over a ranked team uh, under center as as Wisconsin starters. He's 0-4 against ranked teams. Uh, in his career, he's got a touchdown to interception ratio of one to seven in those games. So, you know, as much as Wisconsin wants this to be about Wisconsin versus Notre Dame, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Mertz in this one after seeing what Cohen has done so far early for Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm still waiting on Graham Mertz's first touchdown of 2021. I get, though, I remember Evan in 2019, which some people looking back, it was the year the true freshman quarterback. You had Sam Howell, you had Bo Nix, you had Jaden Daniels, Hank Bachmeyer. I remember thinking Graham Mertz, that offseason was the most slam dunk of all those guys to start immediately. I was doing some research, and that was the 2018 season was when Wisconsin had Alex Hornerbrook, and then Jack Cohn entered the mix. And I just remember thinking, like, maybe Jack Cohn's just a, I don't know, a boring name, but I was, I, Graham Mertz was the highest ranked quarterback recruit Wisconsin's ever signed. I thought it was a lock. Cohn plays. Cone plays pretty well in 20, 2019. They they go to a Rose Bowl. When he left in 2020 and saw Graham Mertz was fine, but not great in 2020, do you think there was any sort of ill will or, or why it, why did I get passed over for this quarterback of the future who is not putting up better numbers than me? How, how do you think he felt on his way out the door? I think there might have been some of that. And, you know, if, if- if you're Paul Chris, you're, you're sort of in an impossible situation. I mean, Cohn was going to be the starter in 2020, breaks his foot. You know, Wisconsin had to go to Mertz. 
Um, and then, and then after what he did against Illinois, you know, with those five touchdown passes, I think completed 19 straight to, to open the game, which set a program record. I mean, there, there was almost no going back. And, you know, when Mertz got banged up later in that season, uh, I'm guessing Cohn had already sort of stated his intentions to Chris and the coaching staff because Wisconsin went with Chase Wolf uh, mm-hmm. to fill in for Mertz and not Jack Cohn, even though he was healthy. So I, I think, you know, he, he probably, I think it's only human nature. He has to feel some type of way about it. You know, he had a fantastic junior season. I think most Wisconsin fans kind of feel like uh, as much as I say, he, he had probably taken the Badgers as far as his, he could go. I think it was only right that, that he had a chance to, to finish it out and see it through in a senior season. Unfortunately, when you, when you're Wisconsin and you've been, dying for an arm talent like Graham Mertz. It felt like every snap he wasn't on the field, you know, it was sort of wasted time. I mean, this is the guy you've been trying to get since Russell Wilson in in 2011 to help take your program over the top. I I just thought it was an impossible situation for Paul Christ. I mean, if you had gone back to Cone in that 2020 season, I think the state of Wisconsin might have imploded. Down south, it would have been the Justin Fields, Jake Fromm situation. Um, uh, not not quite like that, but a, a little bit. So you think in 2020, if Jack Cohn didn't get hurt, he starts the year as the, as the starter? I think so. I think he had earned it based on what he did in 2019, even though Wisconsin fell short in, in a couple of those games. The Rose Bowl against Oregon uh, obviously had that upset at Illinois, lost to Ohio State twice, but, but nobody was pointing the finger at Cohn. They lost those games for other reasons. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised uh, if Wisconsin, I don't know if they would have went to a two quarterback system, but I, I highly doubt there was any way that Mertz was sitting on the bench the, the entire right. season. I'm sure they would have tried to at least work him in, especially with the transfer portal being what it is. You can't have a guy that highly touted, um, you know, at a program at, at Wisconsin and just kind of leave them, leave them behind the scenes for, for another year. But, but as far as I know, they were going into 2020 with him a, a, as the starter Again, there would have been a ton of, I'm sure he would have been looking over his shoulder quite a bit. I'm sure the fans, you know, they were already ready to make that move. The, the minute Graham Mertz signed the dotted line in, in December of his, uh, of his senior year. So there would have been a lot of pressure on him as well, but I just don't think uh, go back to that 2019 season that, you know, Cone did a very admirable, admirable job. He, he deserved to kind of see it through. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't kind of uh, work out that way, but you know, like I said, Mertz had the type of arm talent that, you know, whether or not he'll ever have what Jack Cohn has upstairs, I don't know. But Mertz had the type of arm talent, still does, uh, to be able to push this program to the next level. And like I said, just impossible situation for, for Chris to turn it over to Mertz early in those season and, and then take him out after what he did in those first two games. Yeah, because he would have transferred if that happened. And then to to your earlier comment, he would have transferred. I'm just making assumptions if he wasn't the starter at all in 2020 because that's just what blue chip quarterbacks do. You mentioned the upstairs stuff, and this isn't us like being mean to Mertz. I, I think you just kind of mean it as he's still a young guy. Uh, Evan is coming along, and Jack Hohn is 22 years old. He's a grad transfer. What What is the uh, Wisconsin fan patience level right now with Graham? I, we, we have the stats, and Cohn's averaging 200, 276 yards per game, passing that's 23rd nationally, completing 63% of his passes. 8.4 yards per attempt. Mertz really isn't isn't up there uh, with that, and his, his pro football focus grade is 20 points lower than Cones. Do we still have a chance of the light coming on and reaching the 
the lofty ranking that he had in, in 2019, surrounded by a ton of guys who are already playing very well. Yeah, I think definitely you, you see it in small doses. To your earlier question about whether or not Wisconsin fans are running out of patience, they, they absolutely are. I think that you know kind of gave them a pass last year when Wisconsin lost Kendrick Pryor, Danny Davis, O-line got a little banged up, didn't really have a, a bell cow at running back, didn't have an established running game. So the talent really wasn't there around him. Um, and, and I think the assumption was with Davis and Pryor both coming back for an extra year, you've got backs now, you've got a, a an above average offensive line, certainly not one of the better ones in Wisconsin history, but but good enough that, that that the pieces were there for him to just have a breakout monster sophomore season. And it's obviously early. Um, you know, it could be only up from here for him the rest of the way. We we don't know. But you know, that that Penn State game, I, I think people started to hit the panic button a little bit because even though he didn't play well, he had a lot of chances in that fourth quarter to kind of undo all the damage and steal a win for Wisconsin. Uh, but for whatever reason, he just couldn't make that key throw in the fourth quarter. And the Nittany Lions didn't exactly, you know, keep their foot on the gas pedal in the second half and kept giving Wisconsin chances. But, but they just couldn't get over the hump in that game. And, you know, like I said, he's 0-4 against ranked opponents in, in his career. He's completing under 57% of his passes in, in that game. And, you know, when I say whether or not he'll ever have what Cohn had upstairs – um, you know, one of the biggest areas of improvement, you could see it in fall camp too. Um, you know, when, when rushers get to him early, he tends to be a different player. And you can look at the pro football focus grades. When he plays, a, when he has a clean pocket, he's lights out as a passer. And his first option's available and he can drop back in rhythm, get the ball out quickly. I mean, his numbers are very, very good. But, you know, he, he tends to not pick up rushers pre-snap, not make the right adjustments. And uh, you saw it with Penn State. They, they got, I think they sacked him on the first drive. You know, he had happy feet in, in the backfield the, the entire game. And it kind of felt like he was looking over his shoulder, you know, wasn't stepping into throws the rest of the way. So, you know, part of it's up to Wisconsin's offensive line and, and receivers to, to make things easy on him. And then Paul Chris, too, as a play caller, get him in rhythm, get him comfortable. Uh, but, but he's got to have that, you know, just awareness of an elite quarterback the arm talent's there. He can he can make throws that Jack Cohn simply can't. We, we've all seen mm. we've all seen that. But you know he he's got to take the next level. I think mentally, in, in order to help this this Wisconsin offense kind of take the cap off. Yeah, I think it matches up well for Wisconsin. There's six point favorites. Notre Dame is banged up. They're not. Notre Dame has not stopped the run very well this season. I think Ches Malusi becomes a national breakout guy on Saturday. So Graham Mertz is just, you know, let's not turn the ball over and let's make smart decisions. Because on the other side, Evan, I think I think Jim Leonard is going to have something for Jack Cohn. They, they probably have plenty of film on him from practice. I know Leo Chanel is coming back, star linebacker after missing the first two games, uh, COVID-19 protocols. I, I think it's going to come down to that Wisconsin defense being relatively stingy against Jack Cohn. And Jack, Jack says it's going to be weird playing them. Did you sense a... Uh, are, are the guys having fun with it this week or is it, is it down to business about our, uh, playing a guy they know very well? Yeah, it's been more business-like. Um, I mean, Jack Cohn was a guy that just had a ton of respect for, from Wisconsin's locker room. He, he was a guy they, they just would, would go to battle for, you know, real football guy. He saw it in Notre Dame's last uh, win 
or I'm sorry, uh, the Toledo game actually, yeah, where he the know, dislocated his finger and goes by that. <laughs> I don't think that surprised anybody in Wisconsin's locker room. They knew that was the type of guy that he was, uh, but the Badgers also desperately need this one. You know, I, I don't think they can sit here as much as they kind of admit it's going to be weird and, you know, fun to, to go against him that they've lost their last six games against ranked opponents, had that frustrating loss to, to Penn State at home to open the season, you know, that they, they desperately need this one. And it'll be an interesting dynamic because Jack Cohn has probably seen just about everything Wisconsin's defense has thrown at him in practice. And at the same time, Wisconsin's defensive players and Jim Leonard kind of know his tendencies, know his strengths, know his weaknesses. Uh, like you said, I think you have to favor Wisconsin's defense just because you know exactly what Jack Cohn knows about you and you can play to that. You can show him mm-hmm. a look he's probably seen hundreds of times and do something different off of it. So there, there's always an interesting cat and mouse game with the defensive coordinator and, and quarterback, but this one kind of, you know, is, is, is elevated. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you, you can't, I don't think you can necessarily overthink it. Um, like a couple of Wisconsin players said, you know, you get too caught up into that. You still got to beat the man in front of you and do your job. So I'm, I'm interested to see uh, who has the advantage, but, but I would guess Wisconsin's defense and Notre Dame offensive line hasn't been great this season. And this is a, a very fast physical Wisconsin defense. That's as good or, or even better than, you know, anything Jim Leonard has had in his career at Wisconsin. Oh, that's saying something. Evan Flood, good stuff. Appreciate you. Thanks again. Okay, I appreciate Evan Flood joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Evan underscore Flood. He is the Wisconsin insider for Badger 24-7. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.